This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. WizardAmusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me, as always, are co-host, Jared Morgan. Hello there. Hello there indeed. So I've been informed that my wife is getting sick and tired of hearing you are listening to <laughs> driving her nuts yeah, every week. Yeah. Bumping. A personal yeah, but, bump. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, do 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 T V shows change their theme song every week? Not really. Well, Not really. We've been doing this for two years though. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Other than that. laughs> yeah no, but I haven't been that. doing the this intro. Because I used to do the uh, spanning the globe. Um, oh yeah, that's right, spanning yeah. the globe. Because it really was global. It was global. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it still is kind of global, but uh, yeah. I think I heard an actual radio host then do that, and I went, "Did I get it from him?" I'm gonna stop using that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to copy the dude. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't my catchphrase, apparently. So we're we're gonna do something different with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Eh? Right. Oh, so I hinted at it last week that I was going to talk about it in the uh, the back room, and I didn't wind up talking about it in the back room because then I completely forgot about it. But I'll mention it just here because it's it's called, you know, how was your holidays? And I was going to say the day after Christmas, I got into a car accident with a drunk driver. Mm. Yeah, and, and it was noon. <laughs> noon? <laughs> noon. Wow. So this and, guy's been been chugging on all morning well circumstances were that you know found out all this later but uh it happened right in front of a motel because the person was pulling out of the motel went in front of a pickup truck pickup truck clipped the back end spun it into my lane and then i impacted there uh oh. the police when they had her blow the breathalyzer she blew a 04 which point is just point four, just below. So by the time they got there and did all that, it was just below the limit. Because is it point? No, no, oh, no point the four. Limit, it's point zero four. Eight. Yeah, oh, point, point four. Zero eight, isn't it? All right. See, so here's yeah. point zero five. If okay. You're, if you blow higher than that, you're over. Okay. Which is you know two beers, um, plus right. an extra one every hour or something like that. Yeah. 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 So right. So that's, that, that's a that, lot. Uh, of it's a lot of drink yeah. on board. Yeah, they were impressed that she was actually still, you know, conscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, blowing point four. Uh, that's a lot of, that's more like a um, uh, an alcohol system in your blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so I, I drive a 2005 Mini Cooper and uh, I made impact maybe, you know, 15, 20 miles an hour. It wasn't, I was on the slowdown. Um, so about, no, it didn't set up the airbag. It'd be about 40 kilometers an hour for us down in the metric system, okay. I think. And uh, so, you know, looking at the front damage, it looked like uh, basically, you know, the bumper was a little, not dented because it's, you know, all plastic and everything, but it was scraped up and obviously it yep. had been pushed in, popped off some of the clips uh, yeah, and yeah. the hood had a little wrinkle in it. 
you know, call the insurance, tell them, and they were getting ready to total the car. Yeah, even though yeah. I could drive, even though we could drive the car and everything, but it was that whole factor of, well, it's almost 11 years old. You've got 106,000 miles on it. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, not, not in California. Well, <laughs> Dude, for me to have a car that's almost 11 years old and only to have 106,000 miles, I mean, that means I'm only driving 10,000 miles a year in Southern Cal. That's minimum. Usually right. people are driving like 15, 20,000 miles because uh, we wow. we love our cars. We commute a lot. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason so, why our freeways are so packed. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess coming from us, like we don't really – like we've got a Mazda 3 um, yeah. sports model and it's got about uh, 50 or 60,000 kilometers on it and we got that about 10 years ago. Oh, so, wow. So I think miles is miles are like double the like something every kilometer like there's like two miles or something like that. So yeah, it's I think it sounds like we've got about the same vintage on on our well on the cars. Um, so yeah, we're we're pretty low users as well. So yeah, we I get it. So anyways, after it had gone to the salvage yard and they priced it out, they realized that oh they can repair it. So it's one of those oh, good news bad good. news. Yeah, it was good news because now I don't have to, you know, deal with getting a much smaller check and trying to buy a car with it. Um, That's the worst part, eh? Like when I yeah. rode off my my motorbike um, with um, the guy who put the uh, the wrong tire on the back all those years ago. Now, like it was, uh, I <laughs> the value of the bike was something like six thousand, and to buy a new one was ten. So yeah. I had to find magically fine three or four grand just like that so i could get another one or settle for one that was not the same bike so right, right. it's so yeah so i fortunately i don't have to deal with that the the bad part is is that you know my car has one hundred and six thousand miles on it and the repairs required are you know those mechanical failures are right there on their way so it's just oh yeah like, oh, man you know, it would be kind of nice to have it written off and right. kind of not nice. But, exactly. Uh, I mean, I really could have gone either way for me. So, uh, mm. But I am happy because I do love my car. And right now, the rental car that they gave me is this uh, Kia Sorento, which is just snooze fest of a drive. Um, yeah. They're not bad SUVs, though. Um, well, we but no, this is a, not a – maybe I'm saying the wrong car. Maybe it's not like an Optima. I don't know. It's a four-door sedan. Oh, it's not a sedan. Yeah. Yeah. The Sorento down here is like a um, kind of like a four-wheel drive, sort of. Okay. Um, I don't know. Four-wheel drives over in America are pretty nuts, so it's probably not like a four-wheel drive over there because you've got, like, you know, the Ford F30s and stuff like that, which is just like, you and know. And yet, strangely, you guys would have more call for a 4x4 four four than we do here in the land of concrete. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, it's pretty much the same here. Like the the four wheel drives that you see driving around the roads here, they never really make it off the road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless you know the the ones that do make it off the road are like usually the the ones that cost you like a thousand or two thousand bucks that you get second hand mm. that you bash them up. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, That's... I I pile. Oh, I just was informed to say Sonata. Not Sonata. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sonata. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not a, that's somebody blowing their nose. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I did though. I did though. Uh, uh, 
take the drive in that 90 minutes away from me to Banning, California. To Banning. Oh, man. Banning. I, I drove through the land of the dirt people, which is what we call uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Once you leave, uh, I'm not going to say civilization, but once you leave the major metropolis area uh, and heading out that direction, Banning is on your way to Palm Springs, California. Right. Um, but you get into Riverside, and Riverside is commonly referred to as the land of the dirt people because there's right. just dirt. There's no grass. Um, it's is also home a to a whole bunch of meth labs. So, all oh, right. Is there, is there, there's no river, is there, at Riverside? Maybe occasionally. Maybe occasionally. We we, <laughs> you gotta understand, we're a desert. Any river that is here is only a river for a month or two, and then it's just a dry stream bed. So, right. um, sounds very much like Australia. California is like Australia's sister. No, yeah. you don't understand the weather in Southern California is identical to Sydney. Right. So if you go to Sydney and it's just like Sydney, if you drive far enough away out of Sydney, then all of a sudden you're into that mountainous region, you know, the, yep. the blue mountains and all that jazz. And then yep. if you keep on driving beyond that, welcome to the desert. So yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's very similar. Geographically yes. the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always say, cause I, I, I love this weather. I couldn't stand to move someplace where it was humid or too cold or anything else like that. And mm. so when we visited, I was just like, oh, my God, I could live in Sydney. It would be identical. <laughs> It'd be gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you went through the dirt people land, the land of the dirt people. Land of the dirt people to the Pinball Expo, or not Pinball Expo, it's the uh, Arcade Expo 2.0. Mm. And you can look it up on their website. Just look up, type in arcadeexpo.com. And uh, there you can revel in the glory of what it was. Um, and, and still going on today, Sunday, with us recording this final day of their thing. But uh, it was relatively easy to find. It was right off the freeway and uh, right near Banning Airport, which is a municipal airport. Not like you could really fly into it. But, um, you know, pulled in smallish parking lot for where I was. I'd be curious to know how they handled the crowds of Saturday. Um, but I mean, I pulled in at 2 PM right when it started and the parking lot was almost full already. Um, wow. Yeah. So I think they did gangbusters business this time compared to last year. Um, but that being said, it wasn't terribly crowded inside. So what you have is basically two, not warehouses, but they were metal buildings. So what you, whatever you want to call it, but <clears throat> large, uh, floor space, buildings and you know connected by a little hallway in between them and so in the one you had all the pinball machines and then the other you had all the arcade machines um yep. which i think they dubbed the walter day memorial arcade well not memorial but uh arcade walter day being the uh guy that famously wears the referee shirt and was responsible for the twin galaxies arcades they are the ones that maintain all the high scores for you know donkey kong and stuff like that ah uh, yep yeah. yep so this is their right. this is their new headquarters, you might say. Cool. Um, I'm checking out and, um, um, museumofpinball.org now, which is the link off um, Arcade Expo. Right. Um, mm. 
So the deal with this place was is that uh, originally he was going to want it to be a pinball museum open to the public, you know, you know, every weekend or whatever. And then because of the zoning restrictions, found out, nope, can't do that. <laughs> you can only be open weird, right? now and then. Oh, it's the- very bizarre. It's like because it's like in a warehouse, I'd imagine, or a warehouse precinct. Therefore, yeah. it's zoned for like sort of light industrial, and therefore businesses like this um, probably wouldn't really be welcome there. Yeah, which is, I mean, again, it's like you do realize you're in Banning. Nobody comes to Banning out of choice. They, no. you know, <laughs> it's out of necessity. So all of a sudden, you have some place that's a destination. Why wouldn't you? I mean, who knows? Maybe they're still working on it. Maybe they can adjust it. But um, to say the least, it was all nicely set up inside. Uh, you know, it didn't feel like a warehouse. There was, you know, it felt like there was real walls and you weren't just in a tin shack or anything. Um, you know, pretty well lit. It wasn't bright lights. They did let a little bit of the uh, night quality, you know, fall over the machines, which was cool. Um, I saw on the on the main banner for Arcade Expo that you can actually play pinball under the stars. Um, yeah, there. I don't know what that was referring to because I was looking because uh, outside of the facility they had a couple of food food trucks and mm. they had a it looked like to me what would have been like garages for where you'd put your tractor in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And they had a, so in that, one of those garages, they had all the shooting gallery games. Yes, uh, right. So like the, the light guns that kind of give you feedback. I was really hoping for like some real BB gun game. Oh, I don't know what shooting. I was thinking. But yeah. Ping, ping, uh, and they knocked down the targets. And then they had a, then they had a tent set up that had uh, Marcos. Uh, Marcos Specialties. Yeah, Marcos Specialties uh, yep. selling some stuff. They also had a silent auction for a whole bunch of uh Pinball machines that were very beat up, <laughs> very so beat definitely up. Definitely projects. Speaking of oh. beat up pinballs, um, as uh, as an aside, the um, Pinheads Pinball Podcast shared a picture of a eight ball deluxe that was basically devoid of art on it. It had been played hmm. that much that the only wow. art was just a, a, a little bit around the bumper skirts, yeah, and under some of the the factory. Playfield protectors like uh, slingshots and stuff like that. Right. It was bare wood. Wow, insane. Yeah, I guess we're not was... waxing that. <laughs> no, I, I commented in um, in the, uh, the 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 post on Facebook. Oh, I'd just bit of Novus will clean that up just fine. You know, <laughs> polish it right up. Just <laughs> polish it like right lightning. Um, I like the um, the slogan of the Museum of Pinball. Pinball doesn't need to be saved; it needs to be savored. Yeah, um, very yeah. nice. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, so yeah, it was a, a you know the, the the place was set up really nicely. Um, rows, I think there was about three main rows. So you had your uh, call it Capcom Sturm row. Yep. Uh, and the, also in that row was some Atari game plan. Just off of that was uh, Zachariah. And uh, yep. like the giant Hercules table, they I think they called it their, oh, their rare table section. Except um, for, um, I think I saw that once on a Todd Tucky video from TNT Amusements. He had one set up mm-hmm. in a warehouse because it was that big. <laughs> it's it's a beast. The thing is. 
huge. Yeah. And I was laughing because there was some little girl trying to play it, and her arms were just stretched to the Damn, limits yeah, trying to get to the flippers. And then she was trying to uh, nudge it, and it was like yep. full body thrust into it. So when I got onto it to try it out, no, you could actually nudge it without you know needing to do all that. But it was bizarre, uh, less bizarre playing with the cue ball, more mm. bizarre the fact that the flippers were wood, made out of wood and had rubber on them. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, the, the poor flippers, man, I mean, they did not have enough strength to, to thrust that ball. And you would add on top of that the mushy feel of flippers from that era – yeah. So you're trying to aim and it was, you know, where you normally would think to flip the ball. Yeah. Notch that up a couple of, uh, you know, ticks. <laughs> you're going to flip wow. much earlier than you would think in order to get on the trajectory that you want, because that's how slow the flipper would move the ball. Um, wow. Yeah. It, it's, it's a weird table. Oh yeah. The pop bumpers are huge. Just they, they, they sound like shotguns when they go off too, don't they? Right. <laughs> Well, because they're so let well, with the glass off, but yeah, with the glass yeah. off. Um, so is it looks like I'm having a look at the pictures here of the Museum of Pinball, and it looks like it's all token play. Is that right? Okay, the whole place was set to free play. Okay, yeah, because I'm seeing this this um, a big bucket of very attractive looking gold tokens, um, mm. which look really really good. I'd like to have one of those. I like to cover them. <laughs> You know, my love affliction, a love affliction with tokens and uh, right. safe cracker. Also, they, it might the, have been one of those things that that might have been what they were planning on doing if they were going to be open on a regular basis. But yeah, they uh, this was yeah. for the because I did pre sale before January. It was thirty bucks to get in on uh, on Friday. I think it was $50 to get in on Saturday and then $30 to get in on Sunday. Or if you bought a three day pass, it was 90 bucks for the, mm. for all three days. And that's a bargain. Cause I've probably look at the stock photo here on museum of pinball with the big row. Um, and there is just an insane amount of machines, which I know you're going to go into a little bit. Yeah. But... I'll get into it and I'll break down uh, how much of a bargain it wound up being. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy that. Um, cost, per, cost per table per, um, yes. per play. Yeah. Yes. No, it, so um, they had, so they had that row. Um, also off of that row was they had set up the uh, never drains in um, Southern Cal yep. for the, the tournament. That was all roped off. You couldn't go in unless you were actually entering the tournament. Uh, yep. Those tables all had cameras above them with the TV monitors showing what was being played. Yep. Um, and then when you went over to the next row, it was nothing but Bally on one side and Williams on the other side. Right. And it's a if you've seen the picture that I showed on Twitter, these are very very long rows. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll note all the machines were set up in chronological order. Ah, oh, very nice. Yeah. So you could definitely walk the history and and see how things you know kind of changed. So what was that that sort of early to late two thousand Stern Row looking like to you? <laughs> yeah, have we talked about that last time? Well, um, funny enough, the the very machines we were talking about weren't there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they didn't have. Uh, you know, it basically went. Uh, see if I can. I'm never going to remember them, but it was no. like it went Mustang and then uh, Avenger or Metallica, 
excuse me, Mustang, Star Trek, Metallica, Avengers. Um, you know, those were all, you know, were, were common. But once you got into like, you know, pre-Family Guy, all mm. of a sudden it jumped to, I think, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and then right. it jumped to World Poker Tour. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so tables like Avatar, CSI, 24, not there. Uh, Big Buck Hunter, um, the Shack Attack or whatever. Didn't see any of those. Uh, yeah. Shack Attack is a godly, but I, I know the one you're talking about. It's like NBA or something. I think they call it. Yeah, they they'd redone something. Uh, it, it was actually, yeah, that's right. It was NBA. They redone Shack Attack. Oh, they redid... Um, what it, where it was that terrible movie, um, Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so then the next row after that was a mix of Daddy East and Sega. Not much there in the way of those. I mean, there was probably maybe, I don't know, 15, 15 tables. Right. Uh, so it was kind of a light showing of those. And then you got into the both Bally and Williams uh, EMs mm. and the EM section was kind of like the row continued down from the daddy East Sega stuff, but then it's to the other side of it. It was now split into a whole bunch of columns of, you know, call it five tables deep and the rest of the tables went along the wall. And those were all, you know, your wedge heads and uh, mm. EMs of that, of that nature. I'm looking at the uh, list now at uh, forward slash collection on arcadeexpo.com. And yes. uh, yeah, heaps and heaps of EMs, man. And I don't even know if that list is there. necessarily com- complete because there was a couple of tables that I played that I didn't see in the list. Because um, yeah. I went back later and again, we'll go through the list of what I played. Mm. Um, oh, and I, there was, <laughs> they did have a curtained off section. I was like, Ooh, what's behind the curtain? So yeah. I opened up the curtain and, hey, it's pinball after dark. <laughs> so they had they had uh, sexy girl. Ooh. They had uh, which is the Playboy rethemed with the monitor uh, in the playfield that actually shows centerfolds. Ah, right. And then they had I can't even remember what the name of this table was. I'd never seen it before, but the the whole room they lit with black light, and this wow. table just glowed in the black light. It was really kind of cool looking for that, but it was a, a you know, 1970s uh, solid state machine. Yep. And then they had uh, big bang bar in there, which also looks phenomenal under black light. Oh, uh, I think it was designed for that. It just and then looks next phenomenal that, in general, basically. Yeah. And <laughs> then next to that was uh, Sopranos, which they did not have the family friendly version playing. <laughs> right. I've never heard that game in non-family mode. Is it a little bit uh, blue, is it? It's it's just them saying the F word every single time the ball hits something. Oh, really? Which <laughs> is mildly amusing at first, but then you just realize you could have made that so much better. You like, could have. You could have figured out a way to string them together because it was all different variations of how you would say it. Um, all right. You know, with a Jersey accent. And then there would be a couple of, you know, shits dropped in now and then and stuff. But it's like you could have made it 
musical almost. And instead, oh, it was right. just instead it was just kind of <laughs> like after after the ball hits, you know, fifteen tires, you're like, okay, I'm over this. It was a specific uh, mode that did it too. It was, I think, a big score or something oh, was yeah. the mode that that fired that off. So you, if they actually linked them to the pop bumpers or something like that, you could actually have like musical F chimes. <laughs> exactly, right? That would be great. Because <laughs> there are some tables where the 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 chimes and the pop bumpers change, and then you know you hit enough times, and it kind of gets this m- different musicality going to it. Uh, kind of what Xenon does, even. Yeah, you know, so, it's like um, when you got when you get super jets on. Um, Indy Jones, it actually changes to different sort of pulse sounds when they hit each right. bumper. And yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I found it a little cool. lazy on Stern's part that they could have done something really cool with it and, and didn't. Uh, it was uh, in the again, era. that was that era. Yeah. <laughs> it was Stern trying to get things out the door and not die, not actually close the doors. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Worrying about um, the, um, the, the, <laughs> the F mode <laughs> and how that sounds is probably lower their priority list. So then I wandered into the uh, the arcade section, you know that that warehouse, and that's where uh, vendors were, and that's where Farsight Studios was, where they had uh-huh. their booth set up. So uh, Mike was there, Mike Lindsay and Norman Stepanski were there, and so I got to hang with them and talk with them a bunch. And uh, Norman, I actually I had probably four different conversations with him throughout the night. Because uh, like he kept on popping up on the the pinball floor, <laughs> squeaking in some games, and so then I'd go and talk to him, and uh, I played a couple of games how with that him. Would have gone. It would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm just heading off to the toilet. I'll be back in uh, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting though, going and uh, you know, kind of hanging with the the guys at the Farsight booth, um, just in terms of when people would walk up that had no clue what the pinball arcade was, and mm. I got to kind of listen to what their pitch was oh, and <laughs> see how they, so, see how they sell the game to people that don't know what the game is. Okay. Well, how, how'd they go? Well, it's kind of a, they, they approach it from a, a, do you know what the pinball arcade is? And if the answer is no, then it's, ah, well, we are a pinball simulator. We're the only ones that have this license. And they kind of go into, to selling it of the exclusivity Let's try that again. Exclusivity of what's <laughs> a hard um, of, of what they have going on in the game, and that they have you know sixty plus tables and stuff. To people okay. that actually have heard about it, but may not have ever experienced it, then that's what they're trying to get into is is more of a showing of well, hey, you know, you're familiar with these pinball machines. You may be familiar with some digital pinball ours or check out how, you know, what kind of recreation we're doing and selling it on that aspect. The part that I did find amusing though was, you know, cause they had it set up with PS4s running and yeah. uh, I over one person was, you know, they were like talking to him about it and, and they were like, Oh, well you can get it on steam or you can get it on the consoles, but where it really shines is, on the mobiles and you can play it on your iPad or iPhone. And I was like, what? <laughs> Where it well, shines. <laughs> well, it shines because you don't have to sit in front of a TV and actually, you know, yeah. sit there. But and I think that's me, ultimately what the pitch is. What visually? Come on. No, then, you know, no. nobody it's flips like with probably one thumbs. of the worst platforms. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's my least favorite part about trying to play on a phone is flipping with my thumbs. It's like, that's unnatural to me. I can't move my thumbs that fast. <laughs> that's so, why I play with a controller. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
but uh, yeah, so so it's it's I was very happy to go to the show. I wasn't looking forward to it that much. I mean, it was kind of more like, oh, it'll be a thing, and then you know we'll see if I'm amused by it. And but you know I've got my pinball league. I get my pinball fix. And then I walk into the building, and it was like my head was on a swivel, just ready to spin off. Um, I mean, I literally. <laughs> Started walking the floor and I was like, oh, I got to play that. Oh, I got to play that. I got to play that. And eventually I just had to tell myself, okay, quit saying what you have to play and start playing something. Yeah. Just step <laughs> you know? up to a game and press stop. Exactly. And, and or, or like your dictate to me was you need to always be playing a machine, never waiting in line. Well, yeah, yeah. you'd see a machine that you're like, oh, I want to play that. And, oh, well, there's just one person playing it right now. You know, I can wait for them to finish. Meanwhile, there's 10 other machines right next to you that don't have anybody on it. <laughs> yep, that's right. So I would, I, I started telling myself, no, just jump on, start playing a machine. And then sometimes I'd be playing it and the person would jump off and be like, okay, I'm off of this machine. I'm going over here. And, and I found that all the time where people had just left games live. Hanging, yeah, and, yeah. And that was the, that was probably the most bizarre aspect of the whole thing. Because if you started having a good game of pinball, you were kind of getting disappointed because you're like, oh, crap, I got to stay on this for all three balls? No, I got to sample some more of these tables, because, like I said, 600-plus machines, people. Yeah, so I you was weren't there. Really there to, like, you know, show off your pinballs, because no. you wanted to actually go, I just want to, like, it was almost like you wanted to have, could, could I just have, like, a five-minute timer on each one of these tables? And then yeah, after five minutes, the experience. it just turns off. It just turns yeah, off. you just want the experience. Um, mm. My whole goal, which is kind of my goal when playing pinball in general, was just can I activate, you know, multi-ball? Yeah. Can I get one of the cool modes going? You know, on Family Guy Pinball, it was can I get Stewie Pinball going? Yeah. Um, you just want to you want to you want to see what's special about the table, and then once you, you experience basically activate the playfield toy, you want to yeah. interact with the playfield yeah. toy. Yeah. And once you have that going, then you kind of were like, okay, I've I've sampled this enough. Um, let me let me sample something else. So, mm. uh, yeah, it was it was putting your head into a different frame of mind. Was it was definitely bizarre. Um, I was trying to play any, not any, but uh, any of the pinball arcade machines that I don't regularly get to. Yeah. Um, so if I would see those, I'd be like, oh, I gotta I gotta try this out and see how it plays in comparison. And of course. You know, that comparison is hard to make. Like, for instance, I got to play Ripley's. I haven't played Ripley's in eons, you know, yeah. a real machine. And so to the point that I really don't have much memory other than knowing that I probably put a quarter or two in. Mm. And so I'm on the Ripley's machine and I'm like getting ready to do my right hand backhand to the right ramp. Couldn't even come close. I mean, like the flipper wasn't strong enough. The ball, there was no way the ball was going to be making it. I was like, oh, I guess you're not able to make that backhand shot. So I brought that up to to Norman when I was talking to him, and he goes, or maybe the machine wasn't <laughs> running up to snuff. He goes, because any of the shots that we have in Pinball Arcade should be makeable on a real machine. That's how they're designing it. And I think that's where they get their, their info from the sharps and uh, whoever else they mm -hmm. consult with, where it's like, no, you should be able to actually make that shot or no, that shot's impossible. You need to adjust it so that that doesn't happen. Mm. Um, yeah. So I did get to show off my, my five ball bounce uh, trick of Ripley's at the Farsight booth. Uh, Cause I, <laughs> 
I was kind of talking to Norman about uh, railroads in the mm. game. Oh, yes. Railroads. Right. And I said, here, let me show you my favorite one. And so I booted up, <laughs> I booted up uh, Ripley's and got it into South America. And yeah, it releases from the top. I got my upper flipper flipped. It, it rolls off that, does a kiss off the, uh, the left slingshot. I got my left flipper up. It bounced off the top of the left flipper, lands into my, uh, my right flipper. I'm like, great. Then I backhanded up onto the ramp. There it does the automatic kick into the, uh, the shrunken head, bounces off the shrunken head where it hits the top of the right slingshot bounces over to the left slingshot, left slingshot slings it all the way over to the, uh, the right side of the table, which bounces it into the scoop. And then the scoop kicks it, do a dead pass back to the right flipper. I do that whole sequence and Norman's jaw was on the floor. <laughs> he, <was just> like, <laughs> he goes, have, have you recorded that? Can you send that to me? And I go, I go, well, I guess I could do a Twitch feed or something and, you know, record it. And he goes, yeah, I want to show that to Bobby. And he goes, of course, Bobby will probably change it then. And I go, yeah, I'm not going to be sending that to you then. Yeah, that's fine. my favorite move. It's like, <laughs> you can do it. If you can pull yeah. it off and, and repeat that, that, that sequence, then you could show Bobby. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Well, and it was at that point that Norman said, he goes, you people clearly play our game way more than we play our game. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. Um, and I, I told him, I said, you know, how I discover most of these things is because of the wizard goals, mm. because I'm just pounding, trying to get that one goal. And so I'm concentrating on a certain shot just over and over and over again. And that's when you learn these things or you find all the, the learn the exploits, you learn the exploits, but you also, that's also where you find the graphical glitches or the, you know, the things that yeah. bother you. And, uh, and Norman just kind of went, well, yeah, you know, he goes, mm-hmm. We have enough time to test the game, make sure it functions, and then we're on to the next game. We're not sitting here for, you know, a week just pounding it hour after hour like you guys are. Um, so I, it was kind of it was kind of funny on that aspect just to be able to show them something and be like, hey, see? Uh, yeah. But um, so, yeah, so I eventually started playing playing machines and uh, was having a good time with that. And I guess we can kind of get into all the tables I played. Mm. So I'm going to go in, uh, not the order I played them, but we're going to go just chronologically by year, everything that I played. Mark them down if you want to. Um, So I played Central Park, which uh, I never would have ever normally played that. But uh, yeah, I got to Central Park. That's right. Uh, They had Big Shot, so I was able to play Big Shot. Um, I will say that it does play pretty close to TPA, other than the fact that it didn't send my ball out the out lanes nearly as much as Pinball Arcade does. Um, <laughs> but the flipper strength is is there. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, yep. Because we know it's coming, I played Fireball. And yep. that's, it's, it's, it's a really unique table. There's no doubt about it. Um, the those zipper flippers, flippers make, yeah, make the way they day. scoot in, it's you have to play the table differently than what you're used to. It's um, when those zipper yeah. flippers are activated, it's kind of like holding the ball. Uh, you got to think yeah. of it as you're cradling the ball. Um, yeah. You them effectively. Uh, then I played, <laughs> I had to, because, you know, whenever anybody, whenever the table speculation page happens and people want to know, 
uh, you're putting out their guesses of what the next table is, somebody inevitably puts Evil Knievel. So I played <laughs> Evil Knievel. Um, yeah. And not only did I play Evil Knievel, it's the first time I've ever turned over an EM. So I good on me. I was very proud of myself. Uh, my favorite part about that the game. Yeah, my favorite part about that table was I uh, tweeted out a picture of the slingshot plastic, (laughs) (laughs) which was a a very well-endowed gal that was obviously in a very cold room. Very cold. (laughs) And I noticed, yeah, and I noticed that it seemed to be a theme of most of the 70s tables art. Yeah. So boobs, boobs a go go. Boobs a go go. Yeah. So that was that was kind of amusing. Um, but the the ones on on Evil Knievel were spectacular. It was just like yeah. <laughs> it was it was quite amusing. So go to my Twitter feed uh, at Shut Your Traps and you can uh, check out some of the pictures that I took while at the Arcade Expo. Yeah. Uh, I played Eight Ball, which was just a couple of tables away from Eight Ball Deluxe. So I was able to actually see how similar the layouts were, but then obviously what 8-Ball Deluxe adds uh, to the whole thing. But the interesting part about that that I didn't realize about 8-Ball was it's Fonzie playing pool with another one of those heavily well-endowed ladies. Um, Yes. But I I just kind of was like... uh, Fonzie. Yeah, Fonzie would be a little more yeah. distracted than he was in this photo normally. Totally. Um, yeah. That's not a cue stick. Um, then I... <laughs> <laughs> um, I played Genie, and mm. I, I had a long discussion with Norman about Genie because it plays so much slower than what Pinball Arcades does. You know, yeah. that, upper, that upper play field with the, the two flippers up there, you know, when you play it in Pinball Arcade, it's just like you can't like tell what the heck is going on. Slip flippers, like they they behave like full strength, full size flippers. And, oh, but they just and, rocket that ball, yeah. and so that was the thing I noticed with this was I was like, hey, I'm actually able to follow the ball. Now it didn't make making the shots any easier, but it was at such a speed that I was able to see the ball moving. Uh, what Norman kind of commented about that was they had so many complaints with the Gottlieb and Williams collection of the balls being floaty and, you know, seeming to not be touching the the table mm. that they purposely ramped up the table angle on mm. these machines. So that's why the ball moves so much faster. And I said, that's fine if you were trying to avoid, you know, that criticism, but it's not how the table plays. It's not it, realistic. You know, no. no, it's not realistic. So, uh, whether that discussion actually hits home or not, um, it definitely played. The perception of the speed of the ball definitely plays a factor. Like I said, the table angles of where the ball goes, okay, that was still very similar to how yeah. Pimble Arcade plays. Um, like I said, it's just it, it just feels like you need to slow the game down somehow. Uh, that's all. So so slow the game down and adjust slightly the uh, the flipper strength in certain areas of the game. Like I think the thing with like those little mini flippers, not all flippers are the same. Like if you have smaller flippers, the strength behind them is different. Um, so well, it looks like genie's flippers were really strong. Mm. They were, they weren't like, cause most of those tables from the seventies and early eighties, uh, especially the Bally early eighties, they have kind of a mush feel to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they make a lot of sound, but they're not a lot of fury. Uh, yeah. Not not as bad as what EM tables are, 
but yes, there's still a mush factor. Like any, yeah, if you play tables like Fathom or Embryon or Paragon, uh, you would know hole. what I'm talking about. Black well, hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah it just kind of has that. It's like the flipper kind of going, Ugh! you know, to yeah. push the ball. It looks like it's flipping hard, but there's not a lot of strength behind it. No. Uh, so that's what's missing from those, as well as the table, uh, the degrees that the table is on. The rank. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, then, of course, I, I mentioned I played Hercules. Um, I played... Why do I feel like I'm missing a table that was right next to... The... I'm looking at my list. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> I played Xenon, mm-hmm. which looks phenomenal in person. It just looks great with a darkened room. Mm. Um, and this was a yeah. beautiful back glass on it. Yeah, it looks... It just looks I, I can't get excited about that table on mobile. It's just flat. A bit boring. Yeah, no, it, it looked fantastic. Flippers, what were the flipper strength like on that? Because it seems ridiculously strong in TPA. No, the flippers are pretty good on Xenon, actually. Okay. Well tuned. Um, yeah, it's, there's, there was a definite difference between the wide body ballys and that style of ballys, even though they were right around the same years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Xenon felt pretty good. I, I don't have any complaints about how it feels in TPA. Mm. Uh, cool. I played Blackout. Is no that comment. the one with the <laughs> Blackout? Is, is Blackout's right around the same time as Gorgar. Uh, uh-huh. Firepower. Is that all those same years? Um, I can't remember what the the deal with Blackout was. If the whole table winds up, you know, turning off the lights at some point. But mm. sounds um, like it. Yeah. Interactive GI. Uh, yeah. That's that could be it, Pinball Wiz, yeah. I played this massive wide body stern called Scorpion. Which So from Stern Electronics, not Stern. Yeah. Yeah. But same era as um um uh, that well, what is it called? The space one that we've got in TPA. Oh, Flight two thousand? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, give or take a couple of years, but mm. um, yeah, it was it was kind of bizarre, <laughs> no mm. doubt about it. Um, then I play, let's see, I played a Gorgar, mm-hmm. and I played Medusa. That was kind of a trip. I do got to say, it, why it was that almost? Why was that strange? It, it's got when you first launch, it's got an upper play field with mm. you know flippers you're playing in, and it's all about the drop targets. Mm-hmm. And then if the ball and that takes up the entire top half of the of the pinball machine, and then if the ball drops down, um, now you got some little uh, U turns and uh, I can't remember if that one had zipper flippers also on the bottom. I don't know. It was a weird combination. It was just kind of interesting. Uh, so a little bit like um, like Black Knight or maybe. Grand Lizard, like, eh, kind of, kind yeah. of a Black Knightish. You, although, no, probably more Grand Lizard, I guess. Mm. Um, they did it have Grand Lizard there, player, but it was not uh, not powered up, so I couldn't mm. sample it. Um, moving on, because this list is huge. Uh, I played Fireball Two, which uh, really has nothing to do with the original Fireball, other than some art. <laughs> um, yeah, isn't that uh, Fireball 2 has multi-ball? 
doesn't it? I don't know. If it did, I didn't activate it. Mm. Um, although it did have... Is that the one I think it had this weird thing where the balls were always captured on the left and right side? Or is that yep. what I'm thinking of? Yeah. 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 And so if you if you got the ball into an upper saucer, it would just kick out the ball right near your flipper. And then that ball would roll down and lock in in its place in return. Ah, uh, yeah. So sort of it, like, it, a, yeah, a juggler. It kind of reminded me of what, what Steve Ritchie was doing with, with Star Trek Next Generation, where, you know, a ball is having already locked ball. in, so you're not having to wait for it. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Uh, we had eight ball deluxe. Mm-hmm. And I will I will tell everybody this. So when I was talking to Norman, and I was talking to him about uh, a couple of other pool themed pinball tables, and then I mentioned eight ball deluxe, and he goes, "You got to tell me why? Why is that so popular? Why does everybody want eight ball deluxe?" And so I just kind of mentioned, "Oh well, it's, you know something of that era. It's a really great tournament machine." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah but but why do people want that table so much? What makes it so great?" Yeah. I said, well, have you gone and played it yet? And he goes, no. I said, well, let's go. So I dragged him over to it. <laughs> let's go have a look. I dragged him over yeah. to it, put him on the machine. He started playing it. I said, look, it's all about those drop targets up there. You need to knock those down and, uh, you know, just, just walk around with it. So he's playing it and he's playing it. And I'm, I'm hearing him mutter the words of, oh, I'm so close. If I could just get that. If I could, oh, I just missed that one. Oh, let me try that again. You know, and he's doing yeah. all that. And, and I knew then. He's what, hooked. He, he's hooked. He and so yeah. sure enough, he finished and he looked at me and he goes, I get it now. Mm. <laughs> so folks, I may have done us a solid. I may have finally gotten a champion for eight ball deluxe up there at, uh, at nice studios. Cause that's, is he thanks you. <laughs> yeah. Cause honestly, Norman is the, he's the pinball fanatic. Yeah. And so if he gets excited about a table, because of personal experience, then he'll go tooth and nail vouching for it. And as opposed to some of the other guys up there who might be just looking at the pinball database, you know, rankings and going, Oh, well, this one's more popular. Or in the case of what happened with why we got, well, not necessarily why, but part of the reason why we got uh, a cue ball wizard, which is they took a look at the pictures and thought, Oh, well, that looks more interesting. Huh. Never having never having played eight ball deluxe, so that's what that's what having Farsight at this expo is a big and at any of the pinball expos is big because they're getting to play these things and and see what it's like and get personal experience behind them and then that brings the love up. Yeah, so I think it's. <laughs> If we have an opportunity to, like, if we're stalking the Facebook feeds for Pimble Arcade and we see them going to a conference and it's in your area, it would be a wise idea to go up there and um, introduce yourself to them. And, and then drag and, them around to the machines you love. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, because they're, you know, there's so many machines out there that they they probably haven't had exposure to or don't actually understand why they're so yep. popular. And like Chris said, like go out there and actually do a bit of canvassing and, yeah. and tell them why. Because it's not like they don't want to do them. It's as Chris says, it's just they don't understand the appeal. So if you can show them and actually sell it to them, 
sell the sizzle, not the sausage. Well, and it's, it's <laughs> what I've always said when when they sh- you know would put up these polls of oh which table do you want first, and everybody's just going on YouTube and watching videos. That doesn't tell you the story at all. No, it's you got to play about it. the feel of the machine and and getting it in yourself. So yeah. Uh, my coming up next, what probably was, I don't know why it stuck with me, but it's the one machine that I'm just like, we need this in Pinball Arcade, and it's called the Vector. Uh, it has yeah. got a really interesting layout. It's got this double row of drop targets that you have to uh, knock down before you can access the ramp that's behind it. Um, I couldn't hear the audio, but Norman, who's also a big fan of this table, told me that it's the story of the table is that it's a like a pinball aptitude test it's to check how good you are at pinball so it measures it measures your ball speed and how fast you're doing loops or stuff like that and that's what the you know kind of what the story is is that it's opening up this stuff as you prove yourself capable of handling the ball you know wow Um, that's pretty cool yeah, I, I encourage everybody to look up Vector. It is very cool, and it's a very odd kind of layout. And that's the other thing that struck me with a lot with the show. Some of the tables that were catching my eye uh, were it was all these Bally's and Williams, but they had a different layout than what we're used to in Pinball Arcade. And I think it would be good to have this kind of variety. Uh, yeah, for these layouts because it definitely offers a different approach to what we're used to on most of these tables. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think variety is something that's, you know, arguably a little bit sort of um, limited in yeah. uh, pinball arcade because we just don't have these early tables. Which they were they were trying out new things. They were going, what can we get away with? Mm-hmm. What will operators actually buy? Yeah, so it may uh, not be a popular table, but I found them fun. I mean, they yeah. were they like I said, they were definitely interesting. Because they weren't um, a classic fan or a classic, you know, sort of design like that that started to proliferate in the in the nineties. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Let's see. Then I then I played uh, Spectrum. I played mm-hmm. another Stern called Split Second, which was circus themed sci-fi. I don't know. It was weird. Right. Um, I played Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. I wish they could get this into Pinball Arcade, but I know it'll never happen because of that license. Um, uh, right. Is Namco really tough? Especially with Pac-Man. All oh, right. I mean, really, they don't like the Pac-Man away. Like the only thing they <laughs> money off now. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's a it's an interesting layout, and you have to do this little... Uh, it doesn't have a video field, but it's got a whole bunch of inserts that are you know, yellow dots, and that becomes a maze section that you can wind up activating. Um, but anyway, it's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, played BMX, which was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> played Gold Ball, uh, Firepower 2, uh, X's and O's, yeah. uh, Big Guns. Uh, Fire, which... So Fire was in the arcade that I used to work in back in 91. Mm. And I hated that machine because it's the uh, attract mode. I hated the sounds that it used in attract mode. And then when you're actually playing the game, to me it's got music that's almost as annoying as going nuts. Wow. (laughs) But it is... it's, It's... it's a unique layout in that everything is kind of a dead end except for one orbit. 
Um, mm. it, it's just a lot of dead ending the ball. So it's not much of a flow table, um, but it's a challenging table. So, I mean, I get why people want it in TPA, but it's, I don't know how much fun people would wind up eventually having with it. Long term, because you've got to realize that, you know, you're not just walking up to this in an arcade, playing it a couple of times and going home. Right. Like, this is right. in, in perpetuity. So you've got to make sure the game really has legs when you yeah. um, pitch it for TPA. Yeah. Mm. Um, what else? Let's see. Moving on down. Uh, uh, hard Body, <laughs> which is, is just got that um, Rachel Mc... McTish, I think. Anyway, she was a bodybuilder plastered all over the, the back glass, and it's a horrible-looking back glass hmm. um, just because it looks like it belonged on a premiere table. Yeah. Um, uh, City Slicker, that one kind of stood out again for a bizarre kind of layout. That's a ballet table. Hmm. Um, Laser War, which was Daddy East. Yep. Uh, Monday Night Football, <laughs> which was another Daddy East. That was kind of Kind of bizarre, very 80s. Um, uh, Swords of Fury. There's another one that I really now am a, would champion for getting in uh, Pinball Arcade. I remember playing Again, that. Again, bizarre layout. Mm, I remember playing that when I was about 11 um, down at the bowling alley. And um, it was, yeah, it was very interesting to sort of mm-hmm. see that game. It's a, yeah, it has a, it's around the same era as Big Guns, I think. Um, uh, the yeah, they're about separated by year. Hmm. It's eighty-eight big guns. It's eighty-seven. Yeah, so um, it, it's similar sort of era, and that era tends to be quite fun. Um, yeah, you know, limited rule sets because they didn't really have a, a really um, huge processor to work with. Um, right, but fun just to shoot around. Yeah. Then we uh, I got to play Bonsai Run. Oh, I um, love to, I still haven't found anywhere that has one of those, like not in Australia. <laughs> I'd love to play right. that. Uh, bad Cats, which, yeah, I don't want Bad Cats. I want mousing around. Um, Police Force, RoboCop. To all of you that want RoboCop in the game, go to hell. That game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's of, terrible. Honestly, any Data East era before the nineties kind of really sucks. Like anything. No, that's 89. That, yeah. But it's, it's terrible. It was just really bad. I don't see why people are hopped up on that one. The, uh, the same with, you know, I, I feel the same about um, Phantom of the Opera. Like the, the thing with Dada East tables back then is they really, they're one trick ponies. They were run, <laughs> one trick ponies, one major feature. Yeah. And that was it. It was the game centered yeah. around that as boring as a player to have yeah. to like play that. Uh, Back to the Future. My God, is that horrible Marty McFly art? Jeez, <laughs> like, terrible. Like it, it. It reminds me. Did you ever see that? That uh, there was that fresco on the wall of Jesus, and some lady decided to take it upon herself to to touch it up, and it. She basically blurred the entire thing and. You know, essentially drew eyes and a happy face. I mean, it looked like something Bean would have done. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't even, I don't, I mean, I know that they ran into an issue where they couldn't get uh, Michael J. Fox on there, but. Or boy. the doc. They couldn't get Christopher Lloyd on there either. Like, on yeah, all they the. Could. Um, okay. On the promotional flyer, if you have a look at the promotional flyer for that game, neither okay. of those actors 
are on it. It's just these. Well, two on the machine, it certainly looks like Doc Brown. I mean, I, I had no issue telling with Doc Brown. Yeah. So, so I they, had to, they they were they were festering things all the way back in 1989. Oh, yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was like. I was like, anybody that complained about our festering knew this was mm-hmm. bad festering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Played diner. Played uh, ballet game show. Whirlwind. <laughs> Game show, game show. It's funny. It's just, it's you know another sort of taxi era game that doesn't really have yeah. a huge deep rule set. But geez, getting showcase bonanza and the music in those eras. I've already touched on the music in those games. Man, they're fantastic. Yeah, um, I agree. They are awesome. Uh, so I said, Brad Pinbot, uh, Roller Games, uh, which again I made sure that Norman has played it, likes it. I desperately want it, and. Mm. Uh, uh, he says he likes it. So again, we'll see. Um, I played Bally's Harley Davidson, which um, I didn't realize that there was an earlier era Harley Davidson. Bet you it's and better than the Storm one. <laughs> you know what? Truth be truth be told, I think I like the Storm one. Better. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, it it had the call out also of live to ride, ride or die, or whatever that you know thing is, but they at least had a manly voice doing it as opposed to the stern one where you're like, this dude's never sat on a bike in his life. No. Um, uh, let's see. Played Black Rose. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who was actually at the Farside booth. They had that uh, obviously promoting their Kickstarter, which is going on now. If you feel like contributing, go to the Kickstarter page for Farsight and picture dollars in um but uh, yeah, the Doctor Who was, it wasn't their own Doctor Who either. It was from the show, and it had the color DMD on it, mm. um, which like apparently how... the show didn't want to give them because of that, but they were like, please. <laughs> please, Ken has. We, we need it. I like it how yes. on all the games that they have color DMD on, they got like the little um, topper on, so yes. they stick out really prominently when you're walking yes. down the road. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, played Alvin G's World Tour. Yeah, and me and that was another one that I played with Norman. Norman apparently is a big fan of the uh, Alvin G and Company machines. They're good. They they're really good. Um, that one was it was pretty cool. It had reminded me a lot of Monster Bash, just in terms of the theming. Yeah. Uh, not because of the monsters, but the putting a band together. But the trippiest thing about it was that it has feedback in the flipper buttons. They push back on you. Yeah. Which obviously would never translate to Pinball Arcade, no, but it, it was it was kind of cool. It was interesting. Um, they also had Alvin G's Pistol Poker, and that one sucked. Didn't like that one. There's also uh, Alvin G's Soccer Ball as well, which is the two-player joust style. Um, which, right, which is probably what we're going to get in Pinball Arcade. Yeah, we're to be coming to the TPA, so yeah. that'll be interesting to see. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do that one as an aside. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Played Last Action Hero, which yes. again, it's one trick pony. Sorry. Yeah, that crane. Um, it's a mungle to try and get the ball into that crane where you need to. Yeah. You can never yeah. do it. Uh, <laughs> Corvette. That was really cool. Enjoyed that. The shaking engine on that mm-hmm. car. Yeah, that's all right. Do you reckon, um, compared to Corvette, what do you think about the um, Corvette versus Mustang? Um, you know what I mean? Like, I liked Corvette better. I'm not yeah. impressed by Mustang at all. No, I agree. Corvette would be my pick. Now, as well. if you said, which do we do with Corvette or Indy Five Hundred? Now we're talking. I'm not sure. 
I yeah. kind of like both of them equally. So I actually managed to play an Indy 500 or Grand Prix as it's branded outside of the mm-hmm. US um, here um, in the arcade in the city. And like there was some stuff wrong with it. Like the common thing is the little the car in the middle of the place oh, wasn't right. wasn't going back down again, uh, which yeah. is a common fault. Um, and yeah, it was a bit, a little bit beat up, but you can make most shots and it's uh, like seeing that ball race around the outside of the play field can get at the first time you're playing it. It's a little bit disconcerting sometimes when, especially when you've got multi-ball going, you're going, yeah. well, what am I looking at here? It's balls well, racing. I, mean, I kind of really Indy 500 to, uh, and I don't know if they're the same era, but, uh, with world cup 94, I think of them as like hourglass tables where there's this little narrow section. You got to get the ball through in the middle to get to the upper stuff, but it's just jam packed with various shots. Yeah. So it kind of makes a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, let's keep on cranking through. I played Flintstones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's not get that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had fun with that when it was in the arcade. It was, it's one of those ones. That, meh, I don't think it would last so well in TPA. Nah. Um, it's fun though to play if you do get to play one. Played Guns N' Roses, and of course, I made my pitch to uh, Norman about that one too. Um, mm. <laughs> where I was like, come on, now's the time to strike. Uh, yeah. Played Johnny Mnemonic, played mm. Frankenstein, No Fear, Pinball Magic. Dude, we need Pinball Magic. It's Such awesome. a good game. Capcom tables, man. Just get them all. They're fantastic. My, my, comment, with, well, my comment with that one though is that it's, it's a dark table. There's not a lot of general illumination on it. And the corner it was tucked into didn't have a lot of light shining on it. And man, was it hard to see what was going on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, played break shot, played break, which unfortunately was tuned in such a manner that the ball would do straight down the middle drains from and- the pumps from the pops, which made it virtually impossible to do anything on the table. I mean, it'd be like one, two, three balls are done. Hey, look at that. You've scored four points. Um, (laughs) Have a nice day. Yeah. Uh, Then that would pretty much be the last of the uh, Bally Williams, everything else, everything else is stern. So uh, play Monopoly, High Roller Casino, Austin Powers. Yuck. Yeah. That just confirmed everything. Um, Ripley's believe it or not. Harley Davidson, Elvis, uh, Dale Jr. version of NASCAR, Sopranos, mm. Pirates of the Caribbean. Terrible table. Sorry, folks. I don't care for the Disney deal. I don't need the Pirates. <laughs> it's, I did not enjoy it at all. Um, mm. World Poker Tour, though, I'd be down for it. That's a weird table that I think has a bazillion it's rules. Um, it's drops drop target central, yes. too. It's pretty pretty cool. Uh, the, we got that at our pingball league, but unfortunately, the um, uh, it, it needs to sort of go in and get shopped. There's um, the upper play field is pretty much like you can't see the pot bumpers below it. Hmm. It's just you can't see any of the yeah. lower play field below it. It makes it really hard to work out what's going on. It just look it looks like a big black, <laughs> a black platform. It looks terrible. Like, oh. yeah, I'd love to get my hands on that one and really shop it. And then I play. Let's see, Family Guy. Avengers Hulk LED mm. Aveng- uh, version, Mustang, and then they head off in a special tent, uh, brand new WrestleMania, Kiss, and they had Game of Thrones, both the Pro and the LE version, and I played both of those. Um, both of the Game of Thrones, they had hooked up with headphones, 
And mm. that was really interesting to play because it's kind of sensory deprivation. All you're hearing is the game noises, the game. but not any of the mechanical noises. Yeah. So it that was, would be interesting. Yeah. yeah, that was really bizarre. Um, good sound package. I liked the lighting. Mm. Had no clue what the heck was going on. Couldn't figure it out to save my life. It kept on telling me winter is coming, and I had no clue what I was supposed to be shooting at. Nothing was blinking. I was like, what? But the only thing I knew how to do was lock a ball. Um, and, uh, you know, the play field art is terrible. I, I really don't like the art package at all. Um, that being said, I did manage to have an extremely good game and uh, posted as the Lannister champion on the LE version for when I played it on Friday. So I was like, woohoo, I did something good. So what do you think, compared to the Pro and the uh, LE, do you think having that upper play field makes a big difference? It certainly adds a whole different style of play, I would say. The pro version is very flow. Um, yeah, it is very it's just ramp, 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 ramp. The ball's just moving all the time. Whereas with the mm. upper play field thing, you're stopping to do something. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of like... It is a different you, game. It's a different game. It's, yeah, it, it's mm. really... It's two different games. So it's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to determine which. The funny story with that was there was these guys playing it, and they were playing both of them just over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. one of them then all of a sudden's like, "Hi, where are you from?" And I'm like, well, "Why are you being friendly?" <laughs> and um, yeah. and so I you know, okay. kind of said, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we just bought Game of Thrones, so we figured we might as well play it." And I'm like, "If you just bought it, why aren't you playing everything else?" Yeah, like you're going to be having a lot of time to play this. Right, I know, it's so. very strange. Um, yeah, yeah. I will say WrestleMania did nothing for me. It was, I don't know. It had some interesting looks or stuff, but I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. Didn't That's the sort of general consensus I've heard yeah. about that table. I can't really form my own opinion because I haven't played it, but. And I was yeah, very disappointed. I was hoping with Kiss to be able to activate multi ball because I wanted to see. Uh, the ball's flying out of Gene's mouth. And I had two balls locked. I just never got the third ball locked. So that was kind of, I was bummed that I wasn't able to, to get that going. So in total, here's here's the numbers breakdown for everybody. Uh, I played seven tables from the 70s or earlier, 26 from the 80s, 23 from the 90s, 17 from the 2000s for a grand total of 73 different tables played many of which I played multiple times. But if you're only factoring in on one play per time with my $30 entry fee, that mounted to 40 cents per play. Uh, that's if you pretty factor, cheap. That's pretty cheap. And if you factor in the T-shirt that I bought from it, uh, which was a $20 T-shirt, and add in the entry fee, it was $0.68 cents per table played. So still cheaper than Cheap. <laughs> what you would normally find out in the wild for any machine. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's pretty good. You, you can't argue with that sort of value. No, no. So that was, <laughs> that was a really good time. Uh, since this podcast is running way long like we used to do. <laughs> it's a good solid hour, this one. This is it's nothing but pinball, except for my auto crash in the beginning. Um <laughs> I let me let me let me see what else I came up with. Oh so it wasn't there in the beginning of the day, but I was there from two o'clock until eleven thirty. 
so nine and a half hours and uh there was this smell in the air and it was a wonderful it was electricity and smell. no but it wasn't just in the em aisle that's the thing it was in all the aisles but it was that electricity and incandescent lights and you could feel the warmth from them and it was mm-hmm. just that slightly you could just you know it was on your nostrils and it, it ozone. Just, yeah there you that go ozone. Ozone smell. and the it ozone just smell. grew uh as the day went on uh so that was <laughs> i mean the funk in the room would have been awesome yeah <laughs> They should um, put that on a scratch and sniff card. I, I'm just um, glad it wasn't the smell of BO, but... Uh, yeah, BO and farts. That often happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, very yeah. glad I went on Friday because at the start of the day, um, it was, you know, most of the tables were lit up. By the end of the day, there were a bunch of tables that were no longer working, no longer lit. The entire Zacharia section was shut down. Um, (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) You got to figure this is only the third time uh, that the pinball section has been open to the general public. Mm. Um, You know, so they're still trying to figure out what machines are are functioning and what's wrong with them. There was a slew of technicians running around. Yeah, exactly. It's it's staggering. (laughs) Six hundred. I only played seventy three. I mean, you you consider that you know that the Pacific Pinball Museum, um, they they have one hundred and twenty tables generally on on display and able to be accessed, um, and they have to take a whole day off each week to completely go through and shop yeah. them. Yeah, like they close one day a week just so they can get through and fix up all the mechanical issues. So, at eight hundred fleet of pinball like 600 machine fleet man <laughs> the fact that there's like you know a couple of machines down it's pretty good no and like i said and, they had they had technicians in red shirts <laughs> running around and if anybody had a problem you could flag them down let them know they would put a note on top of the machine uh so that they knew what to fix you know what the person had told mm. them um you know sometimes it was just a matter of putting credits in other times it was finding a ball i mean even by the end of the day metallica was having problems where it couldn't find balls um, so yeah. it wasn't just restricted to your EMs having a problem or anything. It was modern machines. Well, really problems. solids. Yeah, no, it was, it was across the map. Um, yeah, so I can only imagine if that was Friday with us pounding on them, the crowd that would be there on Saturday is going to be enormous and probably really put them through the ringer. And then if you went on Sunday, it's like, well, what's left? <laughs> what's still yeah. standing that we can play? Um, so yeah, like I said, I I'm, I'm glad I went on Friday. Uh, let's see what else was highlights from the show. Oh, I I did see Billy Mitchell from afar, and yes, he was wearing his uh, American flag tie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, yeah. I I it's like, can that guy not go to an arcade expo? No, I don't think so. Um, mm. There was this weird. They had a stage set out uh, set up outside for musicians. But there were bizarre, like one guy was doing playing everything on his phone, the instruments on his yeah. phone. It was this eight bit sounding kind of music, and he was funky and kind of cool. And then he started singing, and he was uh, so off key, it was ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> it like made, it made like, my ears hurt. <laughs> so it sounds like there was like a chip tune scene outside. Um, so, okay. Yeah, you, it sounds interesting. 
But, yeah. Um, hot on the E's. Hot on the E's. Yes. And then uh, later on, I went back outside when I was eating dinner. And and I'll tell you what dinner is because we got to talk about snacks. Um, mm. oh, yes. <laughs> the Somebody was playing, uh, basically doing covers of Gary Newman songs, which, I mean, I like Gary Newman. You know, he's mm. very electronic of the 80s, but yeah, it was yeah. weird. Um, yeah, I'll just mention snack wise because how can you not eat like crap at one of these things? They had a uh, hot yeah, dog absolutely. stand. And I got the spicy bacon mac and cheese dog, which was a Louisiana hot link with uh, mac and cheese on top of it and cheddar cheese in a bun. And it was what more could you want? Yeah, it was. Oh, and bacon and bacon. It It has to have bacon. It has to have bacon. Everything is better with bacon. Um, yes, everything is better than bacon. And let's see other things. Oh, the tournament that they were running, a three-day tournament, just on that one day, they had over 130 participants. Um, and that wasn't, I don't know if that was including the pre-registered people or not, but obviously the tournament was running very successfully. Mm. Um, I only had one instance of seeing someone being rude, which was mm. some gal was hogging the Sopranos table. She was playing four-player by herself. And uh, she was doing a, what is it, a... Um, there's a term for that. Um, who is, uh, it's the Eddie Murphy being an Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Remember where he was in big mama, he was playing all the different roles. Oh, <laughs> right. So he's doing it. He's doing it. Eddie Murphy. She was doing it, Eddie Murphy. And then, yeah. um, so she, she had the forward tables going and I'm standing behind. I'm like, okay, fine. She'll get off once that's done. Finishes the game. Nope. Puts in two player. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm like, maybe she doesn't know that I'm here. So I kind of yeah. approach a little more, do the, you know, the <clears throat> you know, kind of noise. Boom, hey. she turns her head, recognizes there's somebody behind her, right? Finishes the two-player, yeah. punches in another two-player. I'm like, oh. really? It's like, so come I, on. Yeah, so I, I left. <laughs> that was that was kind of uh, terrible. Like, bogus. Pimple etiquette yeah. at shows, man. Yeah. <laughs> Read the rules. Um. Yeah, but uh, that That's... that in a nutshell was was the show. Um, like I said, I had a lot of conversations with Norman and Mike, uh, most of which I can't repeat because uh, no. it was told in confidence. Yep. <laughs> um, and you know, we could go into talking about Zen Pinball and the new Star Wars tables. I think we'll save that for next time because we are way over time this yep. time. But I will just say, folks. Force Awakens, awesome table. Yeah, I agree. The package, um, and the the uh, the other table, I forget what it is called. The bad guys. It's not bad. Not great. It's actually, it's not I quite enjoy it. It's it's fun as well. Like th- those two tables, I don't think you'd be disappointed if you if yeah. you got them there. So I think we'll save fun. we'll save that for next week and uh, oh, might have the first order. Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll you. save those for next week and and kind of go in depth because I really. Uh, have been enjoying them. I was, I've been playing Force Awakens all week rather than playing anything from TPA. So I think that mm. kind of says something. I, I've been playing <laughs> it a fair bit too. Zen in general, I've been trying to get into the Fox tables, but we could talk about yep. that next week as well. we'll exactly. We'll because there's, of, there's a lot to talk about. It, yeah. There is a lot to talk about. Yeah. Who knew that this was going to so take as long as it will be a Zen, a Zen feature, I think. <laughs> I think so. I think, it sounds, I think it sounds good. I think yeah. so. So anyway, uh, everybody, thanks for sticking around for uh, this extra long, like I said, it's podcasts like we used to do. We're not used to that. Yeah. Um, but we will be back again next week. 
And uh, make sure you get your t-shirts, represent.com forward slash blockade dash shirt. Yeah, it's changed. Yep. Now you can get colors. So that's what the uh, the new one is. And of course, it's in all of our links um, and tweets. I um I followed up with uh, the Pinheads Pinball Podcast because I wanted to see it. And mm-hmm. I posted in the, a thread they got going and said, it looks awesome. So yep. big thumbs from the boys down there in Canberra. So thanks, guys. Yep. So again, we will see you all next week. I have been Shut Your Trap, also known as Chris Freebus. That has been Jared Morgan. Thank you for listening. See you all next week. See you later. WizardAmusement.com, the West Coast leading classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods and buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast and receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, and customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't prove unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.